Welcome to Super Nerd Podcast, the adventure that brings you the latest nerd news and rumors from movies, TV, entertainment, and sometimes silence. <laughs> Excuse me, sheesh. You name it, it's nerdy. We are talking about it, and tonight's main event is Star Trek Picard Season 3 Begins. I am your host, Austin, and with me, as always, is the amazing Amanda. Hey! The wild yet elusive Jekka. And Burn, Brady Burn. Chicka, 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 Hey folks, thanks so much for joining us on another Adventure Super Nerd Podcast. We're going to be talking a lot of cool things to include some new Lord of the Rings movies coming to the big screen. Uh, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom apparently is testing pretty poorly. And believe it or not, the fake MCU musical Rogers from Hawkeye is becoming a reality. Are you kidding me? We're going to be talking that and a whole lot more, so make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button. We would love to nerd out with you each and every week. And if you've already hit that podcast subscribe button, you know what I'm going to say to you. Plus 10, Nerd XP to you. Nerd XP. We love you guys. And for everyone else, as soon as you hit that podcast subscribe button, you too can start earning Nerd XP. Nerd XP. But in the meantime, Jack, it was nerdy with you. Um, I pre-ordered Legend of Zelda Tears of the Wild. Mm. <laughs> as i die here excuse me um it comes out may 12th which i'm hoping will be when i'm actually finished with field work i know i'll be done with school for sure and i'm gonna be so excited to like play some video games because i haven't touched a video game console in like a year just because i'm so crazy oh, busy. yeah so is that on so. switch yeah, it's on the Switch. Nice. So I'm like really excited for it. It's it's pretty much the Breath of the Wild 2. Sure, yeah. So it's going to be like, I'm hoping it'll be like as awesome as the first one. So, yeah. Pretty cool. Brady was nerdy with you, man. Man, I had a completely nerdy weekend. Not Not technology nerdy, but... I camped with about 20 scouts and eight adults. Um, and we oh, do. Oh, is that what those barbecue pictures were? Yeah. I I, barbe- I smoked 40 pounds of what? drumsticks. Holy oh moly. Oh, my gosh. 40 pounds of drumsticks. We had a big, like, trailer hitch smoker. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I, I marinated. I smoked 40 pounds of drumsticks. I, I like to be the I like to be the grub master when we go because I really like to cook. And, uh so yeah, that that's what I did for dinner on on Saturday was I smoked forty pounds. Now that being said, and eh, they turned out okay, um, <laughs> but they I mean they weren't the best, but I was cooking in bulk. But uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. We did our in in February we do what's called an ice box campout, and what that is is we get washing machine and refrigerator boxes and we bring them out into the woods on this land and. All the newer scouts come in and the older scouts are there to help. And uh, because this is kind of the crossover time for the younger scouts to come in and they build these big structures out of cardboard boxes and sleep in them overnight. And invariably it rains and it gets cold, um, which just adds to the experience. But we had a, we had a lot of fun doing that. I did, did a lot of cooking and uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty nerdy. Yeah. So that's awesome. That that is super cool. Yeah, it, it is. It's a lot of fun. And we did our, uh, you know, you can hear them. They're doing Nerdy Scout fun, right? So, like, uh, 
I could hear my son as I went to sleep in the tent through the woods. I hear my son hounding this one adult going around. I love you, King Julian. <laughs> all, all of the scouts were following him going, we love King Julian. And there's this one. And it, it's just a blast. Oh, this, my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. And this 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 adult, he's he's super great to have in the troop. And, and his son is having Funny. a really good time. He's one of our younger scouts. But, yeah, anyway, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of it fun this weekend. This makes me w- want to get my son back into scouts. His, you should. Well, well, Boy Scouts, very different than Cubs. You well, know? He, was, he was in a scout, uh, Cub Scouts, mm-hmm. and we kept showing up, and they kept changing the time on me and not telling me. Yeah. Yeah. Boy yeah. Scouts, you'll find a little more consistently if you have a good nice. troop, which most troops are a little more um, regimented. But yeah, you'll have, and it's it's a completely different environment, right? You know, in Cub Scouts, it's a family activity. It is an activity for for the youth, but also for the adults because everybody's involved. Well, Boy Scouts, you're a leader, and the, the youth kind of do their thing, and you just kind of make sure nobody bleeds. It'll be interesting <laughs> because as my son has done, it, my my daughters want to do it too now, and so we're oh, yeah. that going. Okay, this is going to be a full family event if we all do this. We have strong uh, girl troops here in in our area as well. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a good program. It's a good program. Love it. No dog. Sorry, the dog is highly distracting me. It's deciding to you know the levers on my chair on the chairs <laughs> office chairs. My dog has decided it's a chew toy. So if I suddenly <laughs> drop and get you know shrink like four inches, you'll you'll understand why. Anyways, okay, all right, Amanda, what's nerdy with you? So we had Austin's birthday this weekend. Yep. Happy birthday! Thank you. Check is gonna sing. That's the best you'll ever get out of me. And so Austin—that's that's all I'll ever need. I don't to say, all he wanted for his birthday was D and D decorations for the basement. Pretty much. <laughs> I failed to see the problem. Well, so the problem is, is I have multiple people that I need to tell them what he wants for his birthday and if we're all getting the same posters it doesn't work so is that what happened (laughs) behind the scenes no what i had to do was i had like i kept hounding you to get update your amazon list i was way too busy (laughs) well no that's cool he was he he had enough free time to look at stuff on Amazon and be like, no, "Hey, no, you did, this, you did." You're this, like, "Hey, I'm, I like this." I'm like, "We'll put it on your Amazon list," and he uh, never did. I don't even remember what it was, but he was showing me stuff on Amazon. I don't even know what you're talking about. If you don't get a mounted mind flayer head for your wall, <laughs> that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so happy it, birthday, Austin! Well, How old thanks. are you? I am forty-two. For halfway to eighty four. Cool. Yep. I um I I I do not look forty two. <laughs> no one ever no one ever guesses my age. I uh funny, funny note. Okay, so I work in the uh chaplain's office in the state of Colorado full time for the army. And um we had a possible chaplain candidate coming in. He was kind of applying, interviewing for the job. Anyways, the the chaplain that I work with likes to poke fun at me a little bit. And, you know, it is kind of humorous. But so he asked this young man who's only 24 years old himself. Uh, hey, look at look at Sergeant Fox. Here. How old or, or how many years in the army do you think he's been? And, and so he's like, ah, I don't know, eight, nine years. 
And and I've been in the I've been in the army for twenty four, almost twenty five years, and, uh, and so I've been in the army longer than this guy's been on Earth. And uh, just the, the 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 shock that goes over his face, like it doesn't even make sense to me. It doesn't comprehend. Well, it doesn't comprehend to me either, too. I don't know how I'm this old or or how I've been in the army this long, but whatever. If I had to guess, I would have said 36, 37. That's what well, I would guess. Yeah. Well, my excitement is for the board game we got Austin for his birthday. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which um, it is? It's the Clone Wars. It, it's, and uh, it's made by the people who make Pandemic. Pandemic, yeah. Ooh. That <laughs> sounds fun. Yeah, we, we haven't played with it yet. It's, it's, it's a pretty big board, though. Uh, I, I opened it up, took a look at it. I also got a bunch of my my family didn't realize that, that I I don't currently play Star Wars Legion, which is like the Star Wars version of Warhammer. But it was on his Amazon wish list. Well, yeah, it was on there. And anyway, so my family bought me a bunch of you know Star Wars Legion pieces, so I might have to start playing that now. There you go. It's a good problem to have. Which I'm okay with. <laughs> so I don't mind, but uh, yeah, it'll be fun stuff. Next. All right, let's. Start talking some nerd news. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. And what is the news that should be on your nerd radar? Well, check this out. We've had inklings of, uh, of this coming, but it's now official. New Lord of the Rings movies will be coming to the big screen. That's right. New Line Cinemas and Warner Brothers Pictures are partnering up with Embracer Group's AB's Middle Earth Enterprises with a new multi-year deal to develop a series of new Lord of the Rings movies. Warner Brothers, Discovery CEO David Zaslav has shared the huge news during a recent company quarterly earnings call i think we need to put the dog in the kennel (laughs) sheesh almighty dog what are you doing anyways the dog has decided it really wants to play fetch like right now all right anyways uh so the so warner brothers discovery ceo david zloslav announced the news and lee winchard CEO of Embracer Group had the following to say in a statement, quote, following our recent acquisition of Middle Earth Enterprises, we're thrilled to embark on this new collaborative journey with New Line Cinema and Warner Brothers Pictures, bringing the incomparable world of J.R.R. Tolkien back to the big screen in new and exciting ways. We understand how cherished these works are and working together with our partners at New Line Cinema and Warner Brothers Pictures, We plan to honor the past, look to the future, and adhere to the strongest level of quality and production value. Warner Brothers picture CEO, uh, co-chairs and CEO, uh, Michael D. Lacuna and uh, Pam uh, Adby had the following to say, 20 years ago, New Line Cinema took on an unprecedented leap of faith to realize the incredible stories, characters, and world of the Lord of the Rings on the big screen. The result was a landmark series of films that has been embraced by generations of fans. But for all the scope and detail lovingly packed into the two trilogies, the vast, complex, and dazzling universe dreamed up by J.R.R. Tolkien remains largely unexplored on film. The opportunity to invite fans deeper into the cinematic world of Middle Earth 
is an honor, and we are excited to partner with Middle Earth Enterprises and Embracer on this new adventure, end quote. So what could we expect? Well, New Line and Warner Brothers Animation are actually currently in production on an anime film, The Lord of the Rings, The War of Rohim. Rohirrim. Roh- yes, exactly. The War of the Rohirrim. Anyway, this story is set 183 <laughs> years before the events of the Lord of the Rings movie. And and it's supposed to be coming out theatrically April 12, 2024. But let's be honest. The big question is, is director Peter Jackson going to be back in any way, shape, or form? Well, he actually had the following to say in the recent statement. Warner Brothers and Embracer have kept us in the loop every step of the way. We look forward to speaking with them further to hear their vision for the franchise moving forward. End quote. What do we what do we what do we think of this? Um well I like Rohan, so I'm like that'll be fun seeing like the history a bit more about Rohan. Yeah. Um I, I remember seeing the headline for this and I was like, what? Another one? And I th- I would really appreciate it if these movie people would stop saying Lord of the Rings. <laughs> And they would maybe say, like, another Tolkien film series, you know, or Middle Earth, like, because yeah, I hear Lord of the Rings, and I immediately think, you know, Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, Return of the King. I'm like, are they making another one? And it's like, oh, okay, no, they're doing a different stories, which I'm it like, does. I'm all for. But, like, I don't know. I'm just like, can you please stop saying Lord of the Rings? Because <laughs> that's what Amazon did, too. Off the top of my head, did they did the movies were that was it the Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers, the Lord of the Rings, yes. Return of the King? They yeah. did that too. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the Rings of Power, it was yeah, the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. Yeah. Or maybe uh, it was just the Rings of Power, but they kept saying like a oh, Lord of the Rings, and I'm like, it's not Lord of the Rings. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know why I'm suddenly ranting on this. <laughs> Man, I really do like. Something got my goat today. Anyways, um, wow. My lizard's running around being cute, so she's distracting me too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's like, I'm just like, can you say like another Middle Earth Tolkien movie or something like that? Anyways, I, I also hope, because I don't know, I know there's a big thing about like who has the rights to the first stage, but I would like to get some stuff with Morgoth, please, and thank you. Oh, the first you know, stage. Yeah. I want some stuff with Morgoth and the Balrogs. It's like, come on. I want some of that. Yeah, so that's where I'm hoping. But, but it's, I'm kind of doubt that's going to happen since they're doing something with Rohan. I'm like, uh, they're probably going to explore more in like second age, third age stuff. Yeah. Brady, it looked like you were going to say something. No, no. I mean, I think it's going to be exciting to see how they how this pans out. I hope they don't water it down. I, I know that Tolkien fans, which... I. Everything I've read, which I'm, I haven't read um, Lord of the Rings, but I've read The Hobbit and I've seen all the all the movies and stuff. So Lord of the Rings is on my list. I just haven't read it yet. But I know Tolkien fans can be pretty rabid. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So I hope there's just not a lot of pushback. But, you know, they're obviously going to have to take a lot of um, artistic license with this. So we'll see how it goes. It has great potential. It's a great it's a great world. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be neat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, he, um, oh, go ahead, Jacob. Well, I was going to say like, you have the whole Cimmerillion. He's got like, there, like I, I, on my shelf, like a story that I really like is the children of Huda. And that's, that's more of a, 
first stage, second age area. Yeah. Um, kind of like teetering in that like that transition phase. Um, well, but yeah, like, and then there's the you know, yeah, like Tolkien, he he went all out with his world building. Like it's 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 inspiring. But yeah. So this is one of the few franchises that will be made by two separate entities because we're going to have Amazon with the rings of power. We're going to have this with all the stuff they're doing. The only other thing I've seen that is, uh, is with Spider-Man between MCU and Sony. And then at one point that happened with James Bond and we got a weird James Bond offshoot movie when, uh, Sean Connery came back. Um, but you know, the, the MCU, I mean, they pull it off, well, but it's it's more set in the MCU, so it works. The, when Fox and Disney had the two opposite, though, that was when there were a lot of problems. Yeah, because I, we had the two um, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver in each. Yeah, yeah. Well, did we have Scarlet Witch in uh, Foxes? Mm-hmm. No. Oh didn't. yeah, yeah, did she was in yeah. there. I'm yeah. trying to remember what was she. Who played Scarlet Witch in the Fox, Fox Marvel universe? I don't know the Fox Marvel universe. Uh, she, the the villain for the first Suicide Squad movie. Like I think that was kind of like that's what I the image that comes to my head for their Scarlet Witch. Oh, I'm looking not... it up right now. Because uh, I mean they both had Quicksilver. I don't think they had. I don't think they had. Scarlet oh wait, Witch maybe they didn't have Scarlet they Witch. They did, no, but it's like she was did. locked up. And that's why I have images more of. Yeah, I don't think they had Scarlet Witch. I'm almost positive i don't know i don't know it's been a long time since i've watched all the marvel uh movies via fox uh nonetheless i the only reason i bring up the multi-franchises uh is is i don't want to see them mess it up because if they muddy the waters quite a bit then if 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 the tone or if the look of the films are way off from one another it, it, it could be a little jarring i think um, so I guess we'll have to wait and see. Moving on, though, John Favreau says Mandalorian season three is bigger. Season four is already written, but there is no specific ending in sight. So it seems that there is no end in sight for Mando and Grogu's journey. But season three of the Mandalorian kicks off on March 1st. And co-creator John Favreau assures fans that Din Djarin's story has a lot more to come because in a recent interview with Total Film, John Favreau discussed whether he already has an ending for the Disney Plus series in mind. And here's what he had to say. Quote, no, I don't. But season four is already written because all of it has to feel like a continuation in one full story. We have to know where we're going to tell a fully formed story. So we had to. So we had mapped it out, meaning Dave and I, Dave Filoni and I, then slowly uh, just writ each episode. Um, I think the beauty of this is that it's a middle chapter of a much larger story, and though we'll have resolutions over time with these characters, I think that how these characters fit into the larger scope and scale. But it's not like there's a finale that we're building to that I have in mind. Quite the contrary. I would love for these stories to go on and on 
And so these characters potentially could be with us for a while. And I really love telling stories in their voice. I love the way the adventures unfold. And I'm looking forward to doing much more. Mandalorian season three hits Disney plus on March 1st, right around the corner. I, I don't know how I feel about this, man, I, because it's very counter to what we see these days. And what most people like is, which is you have a story to tell and you work from A to Z, right? Um, him not having that final or the last part of the story or even an ending, you know, in mind um, is a little weird. I don't know how I feel about that, but I do know that I trust Favreau. I think he's treading in some dangerous waters um, because there's so much in, there's so many, you know, I'm thinking about the Loki timelines or the MCU timeline visualizations where they all go out, right? There's, there's so much in the star Wars universe that has to tie together at some point that this not having the plan of how that ties into everything is a little strange to me. It seems like I would think they'd have that mapped out, but if they don't, um, I, I, I normally would be really hesitant to say I'm looking forward to it, but it's Favreau and, you know, they've given me no reason not to uh, have high expectations and expect good things from them already. So, well, well, and that's like a whole level of writing too, to be able to like write a bunch of stories that don't connect anywhere, but can keep you engaged and you like enjoy them. Right. Um, the one that comes to my mind, it, even then, like this one still had like an underlying storyline, but you didn't really see until like towards the end is Cowboy Bebop. Like when you start watching Cowboy Bebop, the anime, it, it's like a bunch of standalone episodes. And it's not till later that you're like, oh, there was kind of this underlying current plot going on. But it's still like very standalone, mm. you know, that's one of the few animes I was like, if they made more Cowboy Bebop and kept to the true form like that, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Well, One thing that it used to be normal <laughs> for stories to for for TV shows to not have an ending in sight. Yeah, right. And that's actually more. It, it's become more normal to have an ending, especially with streaming services capping um, series at a certain amount of seasons. Yeah. Um, what well, I, I was gonna. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to point out that with um, Dave Filoni as part of the Mandalorian, I mean, let's look at what happened with Clone Wars, where final season. No, here's another final season. And then an extra final season. (laughs) That is pretty true. Yeah, well, and then the Bad Batch. (laughs) Yeah, and then... And then not really a final season at all. We're just going to sort of keep going. Splinter this off. One of the big critiques uh, in that, in the middle stretch of what we already have for the Mandalorian was that, you know, the episodes would start, they would stand alone and it'd be, you know, it was kind of a rinse repeat, right? You know, they'd land somewhere and he'd drop Grogu off and he'd do something for the local people. Then he'd pick Grogu up and then he'd go somewhere. Right. And I find that kind of boring. Um, I, I was not a fan of that formula. Um, I like series arching stories and not mm-hmm. episodic. Um, but so I hope it doesn't go back to that formula. I hope, you know, he said seasons four already written. So that tells me there's a whole storyline there. And, you know, so I have hope that, you know, we'll have, we'll have story arcs that span the season rather than just these short episodes that well, are what I would really like is for them not to do any more soft pilots out of the Mandalorian 
because season two, while parts of it were great, I really, really didn't like the episodes that were basically soft pilots for other series because there was like half of the series was soft pilots. So I want to go back to what you said, Brady, because I don't I don't think I think they're taking a little different approach for this because. You know, I think I think a lot of times we think of you have to have the ending in mind so that way you can create a cohesive story. But it sounds like what he's saying is instead of having the ending in mind, we have a journey in mind on where we want to go. We just don't have a finale for everything. But but it does sound like they do have a point of destination to build stories off of. So that that does give me some confidence that these stories will probably be a little bit better and they won't go back to just being, you know, uh, planet, you know, flavor of the month type stuff. Um because I mean, this is gonna be bigger and larger in scope. Season four is already written, and and what would he say? He says something about uh, uh, it has to feel like a continuation in one full story, even though an ending is not in mind. You know, in in all honesty, I don't think George Lucas fully had an ending in mind, even for uh, episodes five and six. He changed things around quite a bit, so. But they're not, but this isn't George Lucas, I guess. I don't know. Let's move on. We got a lot more to talk about. Aquaman <laughs> and the Lost Kingdom is testing badly. So Warner Brothers has been holding test screenings for its upcoming Aquaman sequel, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. And word is getting out that the movie is terrible. Big screen leaks and entertainment reporter Jeff Snyder backed up an initial report that suggested Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom held half a dozen test screenings, and all of them had very bad results. According to the report, the studio is purposely avoiding answering questions about the movie because test screenings for this film have not been good while also claiming to, quote, hear something that's almost never happens in test screenings is happening with this movie, whatever that means. I know what it means. Snyder then followed up these comments by saying that the movie is so bad, it is the reason why Jason Momoa wants to jump into a new DC character in the role of Lobo moving forward. And it just so happens that Jason Momoa is the fan favorite for the character Lobo. Okay. So what I've been, I've been watching this a lot following what's going on with Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom because everyone is mocking it horribly that I've seen. And the rumor is, and it's, people are claiming it's fairly substantiated that the test screeners are walking out of the film because it's so bad. Ooh. Ooh. That is wow. what almost never happens at test screenings. Ooh. The movie's so bad they just walk. The, so, they're so, walking so out. We're, so we're talking so can I Catwoman level bad. Yeah, Jekka, Jekka. Can I request, instead of seeing it, like podcasting it after opening weekend, we do it the following weekend so I can see it on a $5 Tuesday. That's not where I'm at. <laughs> I don't know. I, f I find it ironic 
that like the two possibly worst superhero movies of all time would be Catwoman, uh, Halle Berry's Catwoman, and then what do cats eat? They eat fish. We got Aquaman being equally <laughs> as terrible. Well, there, there's rumors that this will be, like this will be the worst oh. DC EU movie, and so yeah, that's wow. a mighty low bar, high bar. That's a <laughs> That's a substantial achievement. Yes, and that's that's the rumor going around based on the test screenings. So Let us not we... forget the Joker. <laughs> the Joker was fantastic. Well, not the Joker. I mean, uh, the Joker from the from Suicide Squad. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Uh, what's his yeah. name? So, Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Jared yeah. Leto. We weren't hearing this level of bad for this for Suicide Squad. So that's how bad this is. Wow, so so I want to read that so statement again. Test screenings for this film have not been good, while also claiming to hear something that almost never happens is happening uh, in this. Or it, that something that almost never happens in test screenings is happening with this movie. Holy moly, they're walking out <laughs> yes. of the movie. That's hilarious. Uh, you know, so Amanda and I, uh, we were actually talking about this just the other day. We, Amanda and I used to get, uh, tickets to pre-screening movies like, like a week or sometimes like a, like a month we, or l- We actually earlier. almost got, um, those tickets, um, for, um, Ant-Man and Quantumania. Oh, pre-screen tickets. I, I, yeah. I actually had them on my phone. GoFobo? Yeah. So here's there's something called gofobo.com just this is insider we information. We are in no way affiliated with this website. <laughs> no, no, no. If if you sign if you sign up at gofobo.com uh they they announce pre-release tickets and you can go see movies for yeah, free. They, they you just got you, you just got to arrive early yeah, otherwise you, so it might fill they, up. You sign up for their emails, they send you an email and you click on it right away because everyone yeah. wants the tickets. And I could have gotten but, a few tickets when I first clicked it, but I did wasn't signed yeah. in. But anyway, so I could have gotten two tickets, but the movie starts at seven. You have to be there by like four or five. So yeah, you gotta be there a few hours early to wait in line All to right. guarantee your spot. That's so. a, that's our tip if you guys want to go see free movies. Okay, moving on though. Production has started for Venom three with some villain rumors. So Sony Pictures. Venom 3 has started pre-production. The news comes from franchise star Tom Hardy from his Instagram page. There are no plot details to share for the movie, but there are some strong rumors that possibly Green Goblin could be in the film. So in Sony's Venom, Let There Be Carnage, the last movie, it ends with Cletus Cassidy's death at the hands of his own symbiote. So while it's unlikely that Cassidy will come back from the dead, Carnage is one of the most powerful and resilient symbiotes in all of Marvel. And in the comics, Norman Osborn bonds with the Carnage symbiote after uh, dealing with Spider-Man and turns himself into a Carnage-Green Goblin hybrid called the Red Goblin. So that's all in the comics. So if, if Sony introduces Norman Osborn, this would maybe be a possible storyline for the Venom 3 movie coming up. I don't know. What do, what do you guys think of this? Give me more Tom Hardy. Give me more Venom yes. 3. I'll love it. Yes. I Yeah. I 
yeah, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it. I think I, I think everybody who is a who's a, a superhero or antihero uh, movie fan, uh, I think it's pretty resounding. There's love for for Venom and the Venom franchise, and I, I, I mean, I don't know what to say about this except bring it on. I can't wait to see it. I would be even a hundred times better if they got Willem Dafoe. I know. <laughs> that would be amazing. I don't know. I think that I I mean Willem Dafoe's great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He's he's, he's but I'd like to see some new blood in there. Me I would too. like to see I would really like to see some new like a new take on Norman Osborne. So who would you think like who would you want to like who could you see playing him? Who would make a good Norman Osborne? Well, let, let me put it this way. I think Norman Osborne um, William Defoe makes a really great Green Goblin. I don't think he makes a great Norman Osborn. Tom Hanks. I would like to see Tom. Tom, <laughs> Tom Hanks. <laughs> no, I really don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm thinking of some of my favorite actors right now, and they're already involved in other superhero movies. Like I'm a Jonathan Majors, you know, I'm a huge mm-hmm. Jonathan Majors fan, you know, so I'm, I'm automatically churning through those. Um, of course we could say Pedro Pascal, but he's in every other thing we're watching. Um, <laughs> so, no, I really don't know. I don't know who it could be, but um, Snacks I, think of that's heroes. Of, I think that's part of the, but we just got William, joy. we just got William Defoe back. Why, Willem. Why, Willem Defoe back. Why, why do we want to get rid of him already? How, what do you mean we just got him back? We just got him back in the last Spider-Man movie. He's not like back back. They were just like he's bringing back in Tobey Maguire's Spider-Verse. He's back. He's back. I, I would like to see a, a, a new take on um, Norman Osborn. That's something I would like to see. All right. Well, I don't agree. Oh, I would be great at it. Um, Christian Bale. Well, Christian Bale's great. You could hand him a phone book and I would watch it. Um, <laughs> Correct. Um, why am I drawing a blank? Bond, Skyfall. Oh, uh, Daniel Craig. Daniel yeah, Craig. Daniel Craig. That'd be good. Yeah, Daniel Craig. As Norman Osborn? Yeah. I think he could do it. He'd be amazing. I can't see it. Oh, man, he'd be so good. Yeah. Why do you say that? I was thinking, what's his name? <laughs> all right so the reason i, I say he it's, would he's do the right actor now. from this is us one of the guys oh. yeah there are a lot of good options out there i think that but i think the surprise of who it is with you know and their yeah. take on it serling k it. brown he but plays randall from this Daniel is us. craig would make an amazing norman osborne and i think he could pull off green goblin why so i think he could do the businessman Okay. I, I think he could do a really great job with that. And I think he's a good enough actor that he could pull off Green Goblin. Okay. All right. I mean, I mean, I, I just don't think he has the look for it. I don't know. Well, you know, you look for what? Look for Green he look, Goblin? He looks like James Bond. I can't, I can't. I okay, can't, that's I can't your pay. problem? No, it's not, not Daniel Craig's What's, acting are you ability. No, no, no. I mean, he, he's been James Bond for like the last like 15 years. That's going to be been Benoit Blanc. Yeah, that, and, he had, and he has the worst southern accent on the oh. planet. <laughs> I think he does phenomenal in that. That He's would going make for it. a New Orleans accent, yo. Yeah, it's, 
Like, I, don't, I haven't heard a New Orleans know. accent, so I had no idea. I think someone that could make a great, a great Green Goblin symbiote um, hybrid, the Red Goblin, would be John Bernthal. I don't know if he could do. Um, I don't know if he could do Norman Osborn. Mm. I mean, acting wise, he could. He's got huge range, but yeah, John Bernthal, Frank Castle. No, we got we got to keep we got to keep him as yeah Frank Castle the Punisher. Yeah. Boy, is he man! I'm looking at pictures of John Bernthal right now. Picture no. him as a symbiote. No, I mean he he is the Punisher. I uh, need Austin more Punisher. doesn't allow actors to transition no. to other roles. No, Christian Bale. If he can has do it. them in his mind as a particular no. character. Look, Christian Bale's was uh, Patrick Bateman forever, but now he's Batman. All right, let's move on. Stellan Skarsgård and call it. Okay, moving on. That. Moving on. Check this out. Remember that fake MCU musical Rogers from Hawkeye? Well, it's becoming a reality. That's why the fake Broadway musical Rogers, the musical, that was introduced in Marvel's Hawkeye series, it became a viral hit with fans. And now Marvel and Disney have decided to take the musical to a new level with Rogers, the musical which will officially be coming to Disneyland's California Adventure Park for a limited time this summer. Thank goodness it's not a movie. Yep. Amen. That's right. <laughs> Fans will actually be able to watch this musical live. And the announcement came via TikTok. It came with the following caption. TikTok. A timeless story of a timeless hero. A short one-act musical is coming for a limited time this summer to Disney California Adventure Park. Rogers the Musical is based on the life of Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America. And what we saw in Hawkeye showcased a show-stopping musical number based upon the Avengers Battle of New York entitled Save the City. The original song was co-written by Scott Whitman and producer Mark Shaman. So basically, the parks figured out, hey, we've got all of these interns coming from all of these colleges for the summer. We can make them do this as a musical. <laughs> Give the interns something to do. I have I have no interest in seeing this. I'm sorry. It's ridiculous. That can be a limited time this summer only thing, and I'd be happy. And even if it was not, I would, yeah. No. Even what if it mean? was a recurring it theme park, like painful. every summer, they do it every at the theme parks. I think that's a fun thing for them to do at the theme parks. We're not talking about the Star Wars Christmas special. I mean, this thing could be. No, this is going to be the MCU's version of that. Let's be honest. <laughs> It, it, I would love to see it in a very ironic way. Like, I would love to see it just to see it. Yeah, and this is a way to do that. I could see them expanding it next summer to this, Walt Disney World. This better not be it a... It is something for those poor interns to do to earn their scholarships. This better not be a uh, new precedence for all Disney properties moving forward. We're going to have... We're going to have uh, Star Wars the Musical. We're going to have Avatar the Musical. Everything's okay, going to be on ice, on ice after think, that. Think do Avatar the Musical. On ice. Want, on <laughs> ice. They already do everything on ice. I know. It's going to be okay, So, I mean, you just think of all the IPs, like they're at a hospital and like how they're siphoning, like extracting um, money from it through like IVs and like all the different ways they can extract money from the IP. 
I know. I mean, and it's terrible. This is just a new vein that this they've is tapped. Terrible. I know. It's terrible. This better not be a test run for more. Well, honestly, <laughs> I don't like they recognize that it's not that big a moneymaker or it would be at all of their theme parks, not just California. They're test it's running. A beta it, test. It, yes, it's a beta test. Uh, and yeah. it's just something for those poor interns to earn their scholarships. Oh my gosh! I don't know, man. I think they need to tour with that. We're we're, we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get some uh, some videos on well, the internet. Well, Rogers the musical will soon be on ice. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, coming to a city near yeah. you. So, Brady, you need to get going. Correct. I do. I do. I. Bid you farewell for the evening. All right, so we'll see you next week, and we're talking The Mandalorian Season I'll 3. be here. I will absolutely be here for that. All right. Good Lord willing and the creek don't rise, as they say around <laughs> here. All right. All right, folks. It's time to talk some Star Trek. We had our honeymoon on Alderaan. Good thing we took pictures, huh? <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> You have no idea what you're dealing with. Uh, Shakespeare in the Park. And that will mean it is time for our main event! Star Trek Picard! Season 3 begins! We fight or we die. And captain on the bridge. You will probably find this inspection boring for the likes of you two. Boring? Well, we won't be blowing things up. Taking or engaging in fire, crash landing expectedly or unexpectedly. Those were the days. There is something coming. Battle stations. Some kind of attack. And Starfleet could be the target. There's a darkness. An all-consuming darkness. And it is getting stronger. John Luke, trust no one. Jean-Luc Picard. We will have vengeance. to the far reaches of space. But something's different now. This is the end, my friend. Jordy. Such pathetic old warriors. I, too, was once irrational, violent. Anybody you know, still the person you knew. This is life or death. It's always life or death. John Luke, where has it not been? With each ticking moment, I will take another piece of you. Battle stations! John Luke! Survival. It's human nature, pal. Fight, or we die. Hold it! Gun it! 
I need you. All of you. We're with you. Always. Engage! Hey, Super Nerds, thanks so much for joining us. I want to give a special shout out to all you Super Nerds who have hit that podcast subscribe button. We really, really appreciate you. Please help us get the word out. Tell a friend about the podcast. And I want to invite you to hit that podcast subscribe button if you've not done so already. Come on, do it. You'll get plus 10 Nerd XP. Nerd XP. All right, Star Trek Picard, season three, supposedly the last season of Star Trek Picard, and we've got the the original cast of the Next Generation. I had to make had to make sure I phrased that correctly. <laughs> yeah. What did you guys think of the first couple episodes? What stood out to you? Mine's straight into spoiler territory, so I'll wait on it for a little bit. <laughs> Okay. I mean, okay. So what I want to talk about is kind of a spoiler, but it's all over the internet. I think most people were like from the trailers going, yep. Um, and so just spoiler warning for those who haven't heard, but Beverly Crusher has a son with the card that she's been hiding from him for all these years. Yes. And that wasn't but, what I was going into, but yes. Okay. <laughs> Well, what I found really interesting is I was reading this article. Apparently, this is not the first doctor to have done so to a captain. <laughs> and I'm trying to find this. So, I'm, so, there, so Starfleet needs to update some of their policies and procedures to say the captains and the doctors can't be getting too frisky. <laughs> so, who else does this happen to? I, I'm looking it up right now. Because you two, you, you told me you haven't seen the second episode, right? Mm -hmm. We have not. We've only seen Go the ahead. first. Go ahead and spoil it. But we're, we're okay with spoilers. So I will say, when it comes to that, I appreciate that they did not, they did not shortchange Picard in that. Because, so, end of episode one, the guy says, I am Beverly's son. The second episode is like, Picard and Riker trying to figure out how to deal with him. They find out he's this intergalactic fugitive. Um, and he's done so many things. And they're like, oh, you're like a freedom fighter kind of thing, you know. So, And the baddie that had popped up on the ship, like, they they want him. Anyways. Um, and it was one of those things that, like, I was sitting there being like, I bet he's Picard's son. He's got to be oh, Picard's yeah. son. And here's the thing is, and I really appreciate this because at one point, Riker and Picard, they're trying to talk to Captain Shaw, talk him, like, trying to reason with him. And then Riker says to Picard, he's like, you know it. I know it. The timing fits. Like, Picard, stop lying to yourself. So it was something that, like, like, you know, you could, like, Picard was suspecting that he was his son. And then towards the end, Beverly comes out. And it's just a look. So I had like, yeah, when you watch episode two, like just the look between Crusher and Picard and he's just like, he is my son and by golly, I am going to protect him. It was like, I really appreciate that, but they didn't short change, like they didn't drag it out and make it like Picard being like, no, it can't be. He was just kind of like, yeah, I strongly suspect it. He got the confirmation. He's like, okay, time to act. And it was pretty awesome. He pulled rank on Shaw. It was awesome. I was like, yeah. 
That was awesome. Poor Romulan girlfriend of Picard. I mean, <laughs> a a interstellar uh, love triangle, I guess. I don't know. I, uh, it, it's, yeah, I don't know what to say. Cause I actually like, I actually like her character and in all three seasons, she just keeps getting the shaft over and over and over. I, I didn't feel like that with, the, for what we've seen so far, just because like, even Picard is like, I've moved on. Like, I don't know the way he's like, this is my son. It's kind of a different responsibility, but not like he still has that. Like, that kind of connection with Crusher. I don't know. That was what well, I was getting from these first two episodes. But we'll see. But I hope not. Because I do like the Romulan girlfriend. I think she's cool. I I, I don't think she's getting the shaft from the love triangle point of view. But she gets the shaft from, like, the plot of the story. That's true. Yeah. Every time every, t- every time her, her uh, character's on screen, it's like, oh, Picard's going to go do something without you. And, <laughs> and she totally could have been with with him on it. And, and Picard was about to leave with her to go do whatever it was they're going to go do, whatever. Go to, you know, Intergalactic Retirement Center. Or well, whatever. they're going to help um, Romulans displaced from the uh, destruction of the planet Romulus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, just craziness. But, um, yeah, so... So he's got his son. And I knew that like pretty much immediately. Like it, it made as soon, as soon as his character like showed up, I was like, wait a minute. Cause you can, you can see that they have just a little bit of a bond between her, uh, you know, the doctor and, uh, you know, Beverly Crusher and, and this one. And so I'm thinking like the whole time I'm thinking this, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So in like some way, shape or form that like officially makes, um, Wesley Crusher, the stepson of sorts of of Picard, and that's like why that's like what Wesley Wesley Crusher basically has always wanted, <laughs> and now it's canon. So I don't know. I uh, one thing I was thinking about season two because season two was great. Like it was, I really like season. It two. was yeah, season two was freaking phenomenal. Like I don't know what they were doing with season one. Just skip that. But I uh, now that we've got like all the next generation cast coming into season three, like I almost feel sad that we don't have Q coming up because Q is you know in season two. But I don't know. Well, and I'm kind of like wondering if they're gonna bring because. Picard season one and two, they've introduced like some new characters, you know, they're like just as integral to the story. And that's what made season two so great, you know, and they have the one lady. I'm spacing her name. I'm so sorry. Usually I'm on top of this, but I watched the episodes and I almost forgot it all because that's my life right now. Anyways, um, <laughs> but she's like undercover as a spy right now. She was the she originally. Yes. Yeah, um, she- Oh, she was. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yes. She and Seven of Nine were a thing. She and Seven of Nine were a thing, yeah. Oh, oh. oh, I thought um, you were talking about Data's daughter from season one. um, No, no, no. But she hasn't shown up yet. And I'm like, I hope she shows up. Yeah, what even a Data's daughter? Like the whole, like all of season one was just like, eh, whatever. Oh, you're, you're talking about the the spy? No, no. Uh, she's talking about the 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 lady that came to yeah, Starfleet. Right. Yeah, she's she's in uh, the first episode. Rafi. Rafi. Yeah, she's yeah. Rafi. Yeah, like so sure we've had Rafi. I understand that the she's like undercover Rodriguez. Rodriguez, right? I I understand why he won't pop up because he stayed behind in season yeah. two. But um, the Borg Queen. I'm like, are we gonna get her? 
No, well, the, the actress cool. died, unfortunately. Oh, that's sad. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. I guess she had Ooh. cancer. I guess when she was actually filming her scenes as the Borg Queen, she was actually fighting cancer. Oh, sad. Um, but yeah, she passed away, unfortunately. This this happened just a couple months ago, actually. Oh, um, wow. That is sad. Yeah. Because she was great, too. Like, she, like watching the Borg Queen back in all this was, was a lot of fun, too. So. I mean, I'm not going to, like, complain if we get, like... You know, if this is like a next generation reunion, I'm like, I'd be okay with that. Yes, um, we're, we're getting like, that, I, baby. Yeah, because I, I grew up with next generation. So like all these characters coming in, I'm just like, yeah. So what I would like to do is I would like to contrast the current captain of the Titan and the ca- jerk. And Picard. No, no. Okay. So here's what I was thinking. And I, I, I'm curious, Austin, your thoughts on this, because I'm thinking about how he's very by the book, like nothing interesting is going to happen. And it makes me wonder, is Captain Picard part of Star Trek's E4 Mafia then? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's, that's too, it's too inside army talk for, okay. for most listeners. Okay. Anyways. Um... <laughs> I just understood Mafia. That was like, yeah, well, I mean, Picard, like, he does crazy no. things. <laughs> no, I don't no, exactly. because when you're that high ranking, you can do whatever you want. Uh, so, anyways, okay. You don't, you don't need to hide behind well, a sham shield. What, yeah, what, what, but did they hide behind a sham shield to get on the Titan? No, no. All right. So, Jekka, what stood out about episode two? Because we haven't seen it yet. I'm, I want to know what to look forward to. So, this is with Rafi. So, after the training recruitment center got blown up, she was like, pretty much gonna go after the people and her handler like that was the part i really liked is finding out who her handler was and i was like oh yeah but is it wharf very and it was wharf yeah and i was just like yeah i haven't seen it and i still got it yeah yeah he's like so cool because he like pretty much tells her like don't engage because she finds out she's like it's this ferengi guy named sneed and he says do not engage she engages things go bad for her and Worf comes in and like saves the day. And I was just like, yeah, cause Worf, like after data, Worf was my favorite. Oh so yeah. I was like, Worf's yeah, cool. Worf. So that was, that was a very pleasant ending to episode two. I was like, yes, now I'm in. Oh but yeah. But yeah. I, and then yeah, I hear, sorry, in, I hear in episode three, we get a lot of Worf. So yes, I'm, cool. I'm like, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's Jordy's daughter, which I'm like, yeah, I- <laughs> You know, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Like, what are you doing, just standing around, like smiling, stalking everybody? I don't know. Do you get more of her in episode two? A little bit more, yeah. Yeah, get a bit more of her because she's in Helmsman, so yeah, get more of that. Um, yeah, Shaw. So Shaw. I. It was funny because at first I was like, "Wow, I really don't like him. Like, he seems like." a terrible captain but then i the more i thought about it the more i thought about it, the more i was like actually i kind of like the role he plays to kind of like offset picard and Riker being like yes we're gonna go help someone and he's like whoa whoa, whoa, whoa hold on rules of regulations yeah outside of federation space unknown vessel like yeah i'm not crossing boundaries. that you know if i leave federation space like there's nothing i can do you know so i kind of like that and in a like the other thing that bugged me too is he was showing a lot of bias towards Seven of Nine, like making her call herself Commander Hansen. And like that was bugging me, but at the same time I was like, I kinda like it that that's a character flaw of his. I I really like that they kind of brought that in, that element. So, I 
I think part of him forcing her to call herself Commander Hansen is it disassociates herself from the Borg and makes her like it integrates her with the crew better because keeping Seven of Nine as her name in the crew, it makes herself other. And that's not something you want when you have someone in a command position. You but don't that's want kind of. But at the same time, like that's kind of where you see the difference between him and Picard because Picard still calls her nine, but there's like a respect behind it. Like he's accepted her and like wants her to accept herself as that, you know, whereas Shaw, like Shaw's like trying to integrate her kind of thing. And that's kind of putting her in an awkward position. Like you could, I don't know. That's how I interpreted it. There are all sorts of dynamics on why it could be good or could be bad. And that's what I liked about it. Yeah. It was like, I kept going back and forth. Like, I like it. Oh, like, I kind of like this. So I don't like it. Like, I liked how it showed how complicated that is with like someone that's half Borg, half human. Well, especially with all of the emotions that people who grew up in Starfleet have with the Borg. Yeah. And so that definitely complicates it a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, just to change the subject a little bit, um, I'm 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 curious as to how because how, I mean Picard. This is obviously next generation, you know, specific. I have no problem with you know Jerry Ryan and Seven of Nine being in there, but like I'm wondering why they actually brought her in versus anybody else from outside of next generation. Like, why don't mm-hmm. we see Chakotay or something? You know, um, like what was it um, about her that? They said, okay, we're, we're, she'd be a good character for this. So she was really popular. Um, the actor for Chakotay um, did not leave with the best of well, feelings. Well, I, I was just throwing a name out there. I know. So Well, and, and like Seven of Nine and Rafi had a relationship. And so I think that's another reason why they're keeping her in because they kept Rafi. So far from like the kind of new cast, new cast yeah. members from season one and two Rafi's like consistently in all three and so I think that's why Rafi seems to be like the only real in my opinion the only real <laughs> new Star Trek character yeah 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 <laughs> everybody else even to include Data's daughter which all of season one was about like she just disappeared and it's like her character her storyline everything it was gone. It's, then, like, it's almost like they're trying to distance themselves as much they, from season one as possible. And then they kind of brought her back in season two, though. Yeah, they like brought her back in season two. I don't remember that. She she wasn't the same she character, was, but it was the same actress yeah, as part okay, of the same I, family. Yeah. And she went I, with Will Wheaton to go do Space Ranger stuff. Oh, that's right. That's right. I said, I, well, uh, Wesley Crusher, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, he was like a, too, he was like much, a, too much Big Bang Theory. I see him now. <laughs> yes, yes. Someday we will finish Big Bang. Someday. Yeah, we're, we're almost yeah. We're like in the last season. Aren't we? Yeah, we are on the last season finally. Uh, brutal. <laughs> no, it's br- brutal, brutal in a good way that I don't want it to end type of thing. Um, it was great seeing uh, Riker and Picard back together doing uh, doing stuff consistently. Yeah, that was fun. They they have the the chemistry is exactly the same. It's like like decades have not passed at all. It's like they were just right back into it. Um, yeah, yeah. 
I think it's hard talking about this from just one, two episodes. And the reason why is because I don't know where they're going. Well, I I don't know exactly what's going into it yet. Whereas I really love like the first episode of the first season and then it dragged on and I was like, can we, can we put some life? Can can we resuscitate the season? It's dying. And And then season two was just like, oh, you're talking about season one? Season one was just so slow. Season one was bad. And then season two, it's like they learned, they learned from season one and then it was just like super good. Fast paced all the way through. The the opening theme music is so much better than than season one. Like I'm like this the, the opening theme music for season three actually sounds like Star Trek music again. Yes, like, like it legit does. Star Trek yeah. music. Not not like we're ramping back up type. Like I don't like why why do they got why do they gotta do that on us in season one? It's like, come on now. Ridiculous. But now we get real music. We get real Star Trek on a ship with people in uniform. The only thing I'm a little sad about, and I and I was I was paying attention in the trailers, is I really wanted to see Picard in a Starfleet uniform more consistently. Like we have gotten him like in some ceremonial uniforms for like a scene or two throughout the uh, three seasons, but I want to see him like like what Seven of Nine was wearing. I want to see him in the full uniform. Let's do it one more time. I mean, yeah. we got we we got Riker walking around in uniform. Why can't why can't we get Picard? What was that? Oh, sorry. I was trying to refresh my memory of the baddie. At least I I don't know if it's and I think that's the other thing too, where it's like kind of hard to talk about what's going on because we we're introduced to a baddie, but it's like is to Vatic, and yeah. it's like is Vatic the baddie we're gonna have to deal with, or is she just kind of to get the plot moving, baddie? You know, is she the henchman? Or is she the Bane guy? Is, who is this? Uh, is this oh, did season you know, two? Yeah, this, oh yeah, so season or two. episode two, I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, episode two. Uh, Vatic's kind of like the other, she's the, the captain of the other ship. That, the, uh, the ship that attacked Crusher. Um, oh. I like her. I mean, you know me, I'm a sucker for villains and like, just like, her talk and all that. I was like, hmm, I like this person. This is going to be a good villain. Like, so, her, her her ship is, like, armed to the teeth. So, v- Vatic pops up in episode two, so, correct? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, because I haven't seen that, so so what is she trying to do? Because, yeah, cause the, big, the big question is, where are we going in this season? Yeah, so, pretty much, all we know is that she wants uh, Crusher's son, Jack, right? Yeah, Jack. Jack Crusher. Yeah, she she wants Jack Crusher, but she won't say why. Hmm. Or I think no, no, it's there's like a bounty on his head, so she wants to collect it. Whoa, really? Um, but yeah, but she's just like armed in the ship that's armed to the teeth. Like it's crazy. Well, then, and so I was like, ooh. She seems like like and that's the thing, is I'm like, I want to know if she's the main baddie that we're gonna be dealing with all season, or if she's just like the precursor to the main baddie. Well, you know the then, then why is Beverly Crusher saying trust no one, like like don't trust Starfleet, or whatever? Yeah, and like that—that's definitely a big thing that doesn't get answered in season episode two. Wow, why am I saying season so much? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get ep- answered in episode two. Episode two, you kind of learn a bit more about Jack, and then it's that them getting out of that situation with a hostile ship. Um, but yeah, no, like, and 
you know, we just had the attack on the recruitment center. So, yeah. I think that's definitely the big question is like, what's going on in Starfleet where Crusher would warn Picard and Riker to not trust anyone? What do you think of uh, Worf's new look? I, I think, think it looks great. I, I mean, think it looks pretty good. Yeah. It's one of those things I was like, wow, they made a Klingon age well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he does look aged well. Yeah. Have, have, have you, uh, the trailer, he says he's a pacifist now. <laughs> I don't know what that means for a Klingon. I, I hope it's better than like what they were trying to do with Hulk and Endgame. <laughs> oh, that was just, yeah. that was painfully awkward. Although I feel like Worf as a pacifist will probably be not like, I think he still carries weapons. So yeah, he still has weapons. Like he's still fighting. Like it's, it's super cool because he comes like tearing into the scene and he's just like, you know, being awesome. Um, yeah. But I think like, it would be really cool to see what a Klingon pacifist looks like, you know? What does a Klingon mean by pacifist? It, exactly. Because it's not going to be the same as what we think of as just, a pacifist. He doesn't start fights, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't start <laughs> fights, I just Listen. finish them. And that is Klingon yeah. pacifism, maybe? <laughs> no, because in this scene, he comes tearing through and kills, like, everyone in that room, including Sneed. Sneed. Like, he kills everyone and, like, grabs Rafi and just, like, carries her out. And it's oh, just like, oh, oh my oh, gosh. It's a... Oh, you guys gotta watch episodes. Ooh, so, well, this part, like, I was like, yes. That's why I was like, the scene I want to talk about the most is, like, the very end of episode two, because Worf comes in, and he kicks butt. Was he coming like a hurricane Worf. or something? Literally, yeah. He just comes in, and he's um whipping the, the, oh my gosh. Is it quick and fast, or is it, like, blunt and violent? It's very quick and fast. Is it's it? almost like an so, assassin kind of thing that he does. He's just, like, quick and fast in there. It's like, wait, it was, it was awesome. So the perfect song for this is I came in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> Not like a wrecking ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. what I was going to talk about was um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to them explaining the character changes and doing the character development. Because for me, what Beverly Crusher's done is so out of character for her. Not even telling John Luke that she was even pregnant. Like that just seems out of character. And yeah. I think they, it does a little bit. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think they've done a lot of things that are out of character for the characters. So that way we're like, why, what happens? And I'm really looking forward to their explanations and like tying that into why things have happened the way they have. Well, I mean, hope, hopefully they can, uh, hopefully the actors can pull it off. Um, well, they've been playing these characters for so long. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, like Gates McFadden, for example, like I haven't seen her in anything since the next generation. So I don't know what, what her acting chops are like these days. Maybe I'll look it up real quick, see what she else she's been doing, if anything. I don't know. Gates McFadden. Well, I know for like um, Jonathan Frakes, he was teaching. Well, he. he John the Franks was a director and doing all sorts of stuff. Well, he so. was also teaching acting at a university. Yeah. Well, he, he's doing cool. fine. Let me see here. Uh, I Picard, am... Picard. Wow. Sir Patrick Stewart, we know, has been studying Every... lots yeah, of things. He's doing is. everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see here. Gates McFadden. She's been up to anything recently. So, 
I guess she, a short she, film. She did, yeah, like very little. She did a uh, like some podcast stuff, and then she did an one episode of NCIS in 2017. Well, what? honestly, I'm not too worried about her. Sorry, I interrupted you. Go on. No, no, go, go. No, no, you go on. You go on. I mean, I'm not, I'm not worried about her. Like, um, because the scene when she comes in right before, like Shaw's about to hand over Jack to Vatic, like that was like really good acting that was going on in there. So I think she's, I think it's like one of those things she's gonna take it right back to her character in stride. Yeah. Because so far, like, everyone, like, yeah, the, their actions have been out of character, but the actors and actresses themselves have been, like, they've been who I've been expecting. They like, know she, these she characters. Came in, I was like, yes, that is Beverly Crusher. This is John, like, this is William Riker, like, Worf. It, like, yeah, they, they 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 know these characters, like, they, and if anything, they are playing them with the years added on, you know? And I think yeah. that gives them flexibility, you know, especially, like, with Crusher's story where no one's really talked to her for 20 years. And so that does give her flexibility. And I, I am looking forward to see how she, what she does with that. Yeah. Yeah. And th- basically they've, they had time before filming to go, okay, my character is doing this. How do I inhabit that? Cause I know this character from over a decade of acting this character. Yeah. How did she get here? Yeah. And so that's yeah. what I'm looking forward to is like, how they play out those character developments. Exactly. All right. So I, I got a question. I think we need to ponder it. <laughs> so if this is indeed the last season of Star Trek Picard season three, and this is going to be the last time we see Captain, well, Admiral Jean-Luc Picard. If this is the last time we see some of these characters, what do we need out of season three? What do we need out of season three? Um, I don't think I need anything out of season three. I'm just getting a basically bonus next generation, <laughs> and I'm just gonna be happy with what I get. Oh, I really? need nothing. That's what it feels like, and it does feel like like already two episodes in. I'm like, I feel like we're getting. It's bonus. It's a bonus. New <laughs> next generation. They're all gonna retire. Although I will say, like, I if they. I hope they're this gutsy that someone will die again. Like we got, Ooh. we lost data, you know, how many like, times Ooh. have we lost data? Let's <laughs> be honest. Times. So yeah. losing data is not really so, like that so big if, a thing. So if, if maybe, we, maybe we get, that we can't lose. That well, we maybe maybe we back, get data. You know? Maybe we get data back only to lose them again. No, <laughs> no, that game's been done no. before. <laughs> We've played this game too many times. Yeah. Um, I, you know, what I, so I, I want to see Jean-Luc Picard in a Starfleet uniform again. Mm-hmm. And one thing like, like looks like we're going to get uh lore back. Okay. That could be fun. I think we're going to get lore. And I think, um, I, I don't like this. I don't like this, but I but I think we're going to get some tension between Picard and Jordy LaForge, and I don't like that because they they were they were always super tight knit. I mean they were they were one and together, and uh, and I don't like seeing them having some tension in the trailers because now he's a commodore, whatever that is exactly. Well, 
All I can say is I really hope Lore's out there looking for his niece. Maybe Uncle he mm-hmm. maybe they down <laughs> maybe they download data into Lore's body. That's what they do. Didn't they destroy Data's data? Yeah, Data's gone, gone. I know, but Data could be back. He's gone, gone. Maybe Lore has the backup. Make it happen. Maybe Lore's has backup. Yes, backup. Of course, there's backup data. <laughs> backup data for data. Of course. Amanda chokes on her drink. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fi- um, final thoughts on anything. Any expectations moving forward? Anything you've liked that we haven't talked about? Final thoughts. Let's go around. I I question whether they talked with the actors ahead of time and were like, hey, what what position did you always want to get in <laughs> with Picard? And like Jordy's like, I always wanted to fight Picard. And I was like, <laughs> I wonder if they talked with the actors like ahead of time. Like put them in the situations where they saw their characters would have gone because the, these actors know their characters so well. Maybe they talked with them ahead of time as they wrote the script on where their character would be and how they would fit into the storyline they wanted to do. I mean, maybe. Maybe. I, I, I said everything I wanted to say, but yeah. Uh, okay, last, cool. last thing I'll say is I thought it was pretty dang cool that they brought back the uh, next generation uh, com badge. Because the new the new Starfleet com badge they have with like the two tails at the end, I don't like it. I think it looks ugly. <laughs> uh, in fact, I think it's one of the, one of the worst uh, com badges that Star Trek has, has had in a while. And the fact that they always change these things so much uh, kind of annoys me. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, overall, I'm loving it, uh, and I can't wait for more. All sorts of fun stuff. So, folks, thanks so much for joining us on another adventure of Super Nerd Podcast. Make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button and leave us a review wherever you're listening to us. Subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Pocket Cast, YouTube, or wherever else you find us next week. We are talking Star Wars Mandalorian Season 3 beginning. So... If you get a chance to check it out and you want to chat with us, you can leave us a voicemail with your thoughts at anchor.fm slash supernerdpodcast or email us at supernerdpodcast at gmail.com or reach out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search supernerdpodcast, give us a like, give us a share. So from all of us at supernerdpodcast, stay nerdy, my friends. Have fun. presents Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk Spock, that's the best they got I'd rather battle with bones, battle Montgomery Scott You better keep them around, they're everything that you're not Your boss are Delta Vega cold, mine are Earl Grey hot And who do you have to pay, for that stupid toupee? Looking like a tribble and I don't mean in a good way I got the bigger ship and all my enemies are better Khan had a bob and a scoop neck sweater Take him to class, hope this dope can learn this He's jealous cause he never learned the Vulcan nerve pitch This is not a game, don't ever rap again Keep your wrath of Khan, not playing wrath of gems You killed Edith Keeler, that's
no misdemeanor You stopped McCoy from grabbing her in time when he'd seen her You let the truck hit her, then you tried to forget her She had a family, but you wouldn't have saved them either Your chrome dome has no need for combs Time for you to go, cause I'm reclaiming the throne You play your pretend, you're a couple of clones You're not Dixon Hill, you're not Sherlock Holmes You're playing Rat the Gems, you better pace yourself Cause it's not the only time you ever played yourself What you need to bear in mind is me and this bald guy This small fry go back even further than his hairline My ship runs at warp speed Your ship only runs at warp speed I talk a lot of trash but I'm only speaking the truth Can't be scared of a nerd who's always playing the flute I'll make a Chinese food joke and you can't stop me No takeout, but you have beef with broccoli Your combat skills are way less than respectable If you whip out a Barclay, he'd turn you to a vegetable Captain's log, I'm ripping the mic 30 seconds with this guy, missing Christopher Pike You're morbid, you're merely focused on scoring Flirting with the hoarders while he should've been exploring Every time you boarded, you courted something contorted Skin always distorted, these creatures were looking horrid Tales so sordid, but these girls weren't gorgeous You dated ladies with faces looking like Wall's foreheads When it comes to leading, Kirk, you're no expert And when it comes to feelings, Kirk, yours gon' get hurt You crack under the pressure, you never put in the effort Your crew chipped in and bought you this red shirt, Kirk Switch gears, you might have been pioneered but me and my rhymes are a point like spark ears Phase are set to kill, don't make me spark this Or you'll end up like the carcass of David Marcus Captain's log, why'd you go and spoil it? Your captain's log should get flushed down the toilet When you were 14, I bet you look like you were 40 If you're not on the bridge, I bet that you'd be where the Borg be Traitor, hater, Kirk impersonator Bet you didn't see this coming in your battle simulator I'ma hit him with a hard left like a car wreck Get off my starship, you tar -keck. I had Spock, kidnapped Spock you wanna see that cat again? Well, anything can happen, kid. Now he's got quite a poker face, but I can tell you're panicking, unraveling, extreme to that extravagant mannequin. It's better to be lucky than good. Just look at my record. I got lucky more than you ever could or ever would. Jean Luc, I'ma bid you adieu, cause I could beat you with just one letter Q. Which Starfleet captain had the hottest run?